Hi guys, welcome to Writer's Week 2021. I am so excited. This is the very first episode of our podcast. And I'm just going to let some of our presenters talk to you for a second about what you're going to be hearing in today's episode. Hi, I'm Angie Kessler, and I will be interviewing upcoming playwright Tim Henderson. Tim is a former West High alum. He also happens to be a former middle school student of mine. Hey there, this is Julie Ebert, and in this episode, I am interviewing Sally Jenga. Sally will share her experience volunteering with a program that helps young immigrants assimilate into American culture. Hi, I'm Megan Wrights, and in this episode, I will be interviewing our lovely and very talented English teacher, Angie Kessler. Angie Kessler is a published author of three books of poetry and has a lot of inspiring words about her writing process. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Okay, so... Welcome to 2021 Writers Week. Uh, this is Angie Kessler talking with Tim Henderson. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. I'm really excited about this particular interview since I know you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your connection with West High School? I graduated from Hazelwood West in 2017. I mean, I started there in 2013. My sister went there for three years before I got there. I've uh, been in the community, been here for quite some time. And now here I am back. Awesome. And when did you first decide you wanted to be a writer? Was that something you figured out while you were in high school? I, uh, I always just wanted to tell stories. Like that's my favorite thing to do is just to sit and just make people laugh or just, I love telling stories. That's what it really is. It boils down to that. It's, I was on the slam cats team in high school. I was not very good. I know that, but it was just a way for me to write. I was told you are now directing as well. Yes. I How did direct... you get into that? For my degree, I had to take a directing one class to understand a part of theater that I didn't know if I wanted to do or not. And through that, I found out I really liked directing, which led me to take a directing two class. And now I'm in advanced directing. And each time the, the length of the show gets a little bit longer and how many people you are allowed gets bigger. And it's a really fun experience. I did direct a show over the summer with St. Charles Community College. And that was really fun. But it was online, just like our fall play fest. But our next shows will be in person. So that's pretty cool. So is writing something you do outside of school hours as well? It's just yes. something you enjoy doing? Yes. I don't actually have many classes that involve writing like I took English courses because they're required they're gen eds and I took them at every university I've been to but I I like writing for me I write plays mostly mostly plays yeah but you said you were in slam cat so does that mean you also write poetry or is that just something you did while you were in high school I did write poetry I do write it sometimes like I've written I like writing haikus because it's just really funny just because they're really short and they can be the last line can just be a joke like one of my favorite haikus I've ever heard is like I like haiku I like haikus it was like I like haikus but sometimes they don't make sense refrigerator like <laughs> yeah I, I don't remember the first line because I like haikus is only four but it's something like that so it's all it all goes back to the comedy aspect yeah I just I don't yeah, yes. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, does writing tend to energize you or exhaust you? It energizes me when it's something I want to do. Like, oh man, have I written a lot of papers that are boring right. and they're just over stuff that I don't care about, like a book I've never wanted to read and everything. And But you, you have to write the boring stuff to get good at the stuff that you want to write. So it's very important to understand that everything is practice. Absolutely. So would you say when you first do a piece that you edit it many times or is it something that you're done? Um, I write a first draft really quickly. Like for a script, I've written a 65 page script in three days. Wow. But, but, but it's not <laughs> great. And it needs other people. I need other people to read it to really understand it. Cause if you keep looking at something that you wrote, you're never going to see something wrong with it. So like, I usually have my girlfriend, uh, read over some things. I'm like, Hey, do you like this? And she'll get through like one scene and she's like, what is going on here? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And then I'd go back and look over it and it makes it better. Cause just having other people read it makes you notice things that you wouldn't notice yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about that a lot at school, how you have to go back and have someone else look at it. it yeah. Peer, helps. peer editing is a thing, everyone like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, I remember being like, oh, someone else has to read my paper. It's already done. But now that I'm having, like, professors read over things that I write, it's way different. Absolutely. It's it's so crazy how much, how often, like, a one-page paper that you're like, I like this book. It was a good book. The cover's read. Like, yeah, you probably don't need someone else to read over that. But when you're having a really detailed thesis and, like, trying to connect a lot of things within five pages you're going to want to make sure you're saying it all correctly right that that is exactly how they need to know how to write you just you have to have somebody else look at it it's got to be connected the transitions especially with comedy i bet transitions sometimes are hard i mean i've never written any kind of comedy i stick with poetry but i can only imagine trans trying to transition from idea to idea in comedies that that would be a little more difficult um can you about how you went about getting your plays like out into the community i know our high school has done some of your work how did you go about getting your name out there i well every single situation was a little bit different like for the high school i just went up to vichy and anderson i said please 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 and they said fine we'll give them to the students and one person liked it in autumn burke i don't know if anyone yeah. knows her, but yeah but i she, actually do know her she played yeah. for my volleyball team for a year or two. <laughs> oh, well she is the one who picked the show that i uh wrote and it was just like i sent in six hoping someone would write like pick something and she ended up picking one of my favorite ones and it was really cool and but like that was me going up and bothering people and and then over the summer when i got the one scene directed i also wrote it it uh (laughs) i went up to my old boss because i used to work there and be like are you guys doing something because you guys are doing online shows he's like yeah sure just send them in and we'll see what to do and then that happened and then in the fall at Lindenwood, we did a 
Playfest that was all online and my professor said, hey, if you have any, just send them in. And I did not have any Zoom shows at the time. So every day I wrote one more for like a week straight. I wrote a, a show a day and just sent wow. them in over time. Again, they weren't edited that well, but the part of the project was working with new plays and having to playwrights like edit as you go. So right. I had two shows chosen. And while I was directing my own show that I didn't write, it was directed by Bill Hopkins, amazing man. But while I was directing my own show, I was also working with two other directors on editing scripts as we went along. Wow. That yeah. sounds like a big process. It's fun. I'm way more happy to be writing a show than I am to be directing, but I do love directing shows. That's pretty cool. So I didn't really know how many people out there that actually write, you know, do direct. So it's nice that they're giving you that opportunity, that all-inclusive opportunity to experience the whole gamut of it do you see a career in this oh i i do i this is this is what i want to do i want to my like big goal i have two really weird goals one of them is i want uh, a park bench with my name on it behind uh behind my house like in the place behind my house but i don't want to pay for it because i know you can just buy one but i want it to be like in memory of this person but also i want to be in a textbook under like when talking about new artistic styles like i want to be one of the names that are like this is someone who who pushed forward towards the new experimentalism or whatever it's called because there's already been an experimentalism but that's that's like my goal is to write well enough that people will know my name absolutely mm -hmm. I, I don't think those were weird goals that those sound those sound great i know but being a test question is a weird thing for some people like i, I was like i want my name to be like a multiple choice i don't know just sounds fun absolutely <laughs> that's something i think most people don't think about so i see where you're coming from but that's very cool so how do you go about keeping life interesting I just put myself into every situation I can. And you just have to do really, like, off the wall, like, yeah, I'll totally do that. Like, I don't know. None of you were there. None, none of the students uh, that's listening to this were there. But for one year for, uh, actually for three years for a Special Olympics, me and two of my friends put up a booth. Two of the years were about breaking watermelons with rubber bands. And the last year, we just filled a giant tub with water balloons and told people to throw them at us because <laughs> we could. It was just like we did that. The same guy, my roommate in, at Rala, we bought a bunch of bananas because they we were security for like a rapper because we were part of the concert committee. And he, he asked to, he asked for 20 pounds of bananas and they said they wouldn't buy it for him. So we bought 20 pounds of bananas, but we ended up buying 72. And then we passed them out to the whole, like, it was also Greek week. So people were like coming back from parties, walking through campus, like drunk. And we were just like handing out bananas to drunk people. We were just, it was, it would have never happened if I stayed in my room. It would have never happened if I played Xbox that night. And it's just like, and I kept hearing for like the rest of the time I was there, I was like, did you guys see those banana men? But they like didn't know it was us because everyone was drunk that was running into it. And it's just one of those things that just you you can't <laughs> sit in your room forever, which is something I wish I learned earlier. Because like from seventh grade till senior year of high school, I don't think I left my bedroom. And I wish I did. So you just got to put yourself out there. Yes. Safely. 
don't do something stupid. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say when you mentioned the bananas that that was your weapon since you were security, but no, <laughs> totally went a different route with that one. No, the the rappers <laughs> the rappers uh, record label is Club Banana, so like everything he does is about bananas. Oh, and, nice. And I was like, yeah, we'll get them for him, and then we got we we were left because he didn't actually want the bananas he was just seeing if we'd buy them so we just had 72 pounds of bananas and then we left them all over campus and gave them to people and then caused a big problem i hope that and we did we did get yelled at by our ra because we kept they kept finding bananas but like that wasn't even our fault like they were finding places that people were taking our anyways just that's a tangent we don't have to go on that (laughs) no it's great um so would you say that a lot of your writing comes from your own experiences. Absolutely. Everything I write about is something that I've either thought about, experienced, or would like to learn more on, and I've done research. Like, a lot of the messages I leave in shows, like important little scenes or something that's actually happened to me and that I found a true meaning behind it, which is nice. Can't think yeah. of an example right now, but... <laughs> No, that's that actually leads into my next question because I was going to ask you if you believe in writer's block. And I, as a writer myself, I know there have been times like I'm like eh, I don't even really have anything to write today. But the more experiences you have in life, the easier it is to write. So I was just a little curious. Do you believe in writer's block? Absolutely, writer's block is a thing with every type of expressionism. Like you can't go like. I used this example when I was trying to think of this answer to this question was you can't just keep trying to do a rainbow in soccer, or like trying to do the rainbow kick thing. And then once you do it, you're like, okay, what do I do next? So if you're prepping to do some soccer is the only sport I've ever played. So sorry if you don't play soccer, but if <laughs> you just only think about this one thing for a really long time, when it goes to the next step, you're not going to know what to do. So I just, as I'm going throughout my day, if I have a really weird thought, I just write it down in my notes And then when I actually want to do work, I look through my notes and find something that's interesting at that moment. It's just writing down everything you think of. And when you finally find the time to work on it, you'll have something to do instead of trying to think when you're like, oh, this is the time. This is when I want to work. And when you're stuck trying to think of an idea when you've already had hours of ideas in the past. I totally agree with that. I actually, I was having a conversation with my husband the other day about how I was in the shower and got out of the shower and I grabbed my phone and I just started like writing down all these things in my notes. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just thought of something while I was in the shower. I do the same thing at the store or while we're watching a show. Like that's where the ideas come from. And if I don't write them down, then I don't have a focus for the next time when I sit down to write. So it sounds like you kind of do the same thing Mm -hmm. whenever you Whenever you think of it, you write it down. And you don't, the great thing nowadays is you don't have to have a pen and paper. You've always got your phone available. So note taking is so easy. Does your family support this like as a career? And is that important to you? Yes, it is important to me. And they do support it. They want me to be happy because I spent a very long part of my life being, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be an engineer. And then I got to Rolla and I said, this is the worst thing ever. Everyone here is sad everyone is binge drinking it's really creepy like i don't it's i'm not saying like rala is just that but like everyone that i was around <laughs> i definitely had friends there and i have friends that still go there and and they like love it 
but it was just like i want to go out and meet people i want to go out and meet people but i did not like going to parties i like going to like events and that's just not the place for that and i was lucky to i was lucky to be able to take a different path because i know some people don't and i'm happy that they're happy with what i do but it took a while it took a while because it was like oh you're you're not going to do the STEM career? The one that right. you get a job when you graduate? <laughs> and I said, yeah. The one we'll never have to worry about you financially ever again? Yeah, the one that you get insurance <laughs> day one? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely that, that kind of um, situation when your family kind of thinks you're going that route. Mm-hmm. That's really important but, to have their support when you change. But it's so. also important to know that my mom knew I was not passionate about engineering, but I was just so like stuck in my way of like, no, I know what I'm talking about that she was like, all right. And then I went to Rolla for a year and I cried every day. And then she was like, what did I say? And I was like, you said I'd hate it. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. Yeah. She knew. She still wants me to do math, but we'll get to that some other day. <laughs> that's funny i'm sure she supports you no matter what she does um so i guess my last question for you would be what advice would you give to the young writers that are listening oh, just just keep writing please just keep writing because oh my goodness I uh, you're and also don't ever throw anything away that you write i made a horrible mistake of like throwing away everything from high school because one you think right now that everything you're writing is amazing. And when you get older, if you keep writing, you're going to understand that that it's not your best work. But that's because you were 14, 15 years old when you wrote it. And it might have been amazing at the time, but it won't be amazing because you'll keep writing and you'll do a lot better. And you'll be able to look back on your progress because I threw away everything from high school. And I'm really upset because I remember one of them was really funny. And it wasn't funny in a way of like, hi, I made people laugh. It was just like cringy. And I just, just please keep writing and keep getting people to read it because unless you want to write for yourself and that's perfectly fine. But like, if you want people to read it, just ask people to read it. If they say no, find another person. Like I've been around a bunch of people in my life that did not care about my career path and they didn't really care for the whole performance thing. And it's fine, but like find someone that does care. You will. And I said that was going to be the last question, but you made me curious. Um, <clears throat> so when you first started writing, did you want other people to read your writing or were you more private about oh, it? Oh, well, in high school, I was like angsty. So I wanted just me to read it. And then I was like, I'm going to join Slam Cats and I'll read just for them. And then I got there and I was like, nothing. This is this is all for me and I'm, I'm only for me. And then I went on Writer's Week and I performed in front of the entire school a very sad piece and I was like wow everyone cheered but no one laughed and then I wrote something really funny and then like three days later performed that and then everyone was laughing during it and I was like oh I want other people to laugh with me not at me or at me that's fine too it's kind of if I'm setting myself up to like my show my my piece that I remember it was about uh texting a girl and it was like every minute that ticks by, I'm like overthinking it. And then she'll send something like cool. And I'm like, oh God, only cool. And it was just, right. everyone was able to relate to it. And that's what I want to do is I want to write things people can relate to and laugh with. And if I'm not, if I'm not making them laugh, I'm making them ask a question. And if they're asking a question, that means they're talking to other people. And the more people talk, the better people are. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else that you had you wanted to share about writing or your experiences over the years? Yeah, if, if you're writing comedy, just understand it's really difficult. I have a professor named Donna Northcott, and she says, dying is easy, comedy is hard. And it's because it's very easy to make someone fall over on the stage, but it's very hard to make an entire audience laugh. So when you are writing and you're trying to make people laugh, just know it takes a lot of time to get the right timing and get the right joke because every audience is different. And it's just, everyone knows what a death scene looks like, but everyone laughs at different things. That's it. Just keep trying, keep working and keep getting better. Cause I sure am still doing it. Awesome. Well, thanks. And thanks for joining us. Um, best of luck with all of your future projects and productions. Yeah. Thank you. And now it's time for student spotlight. I'm Max Florida. I'm a junior, and this piece I'm reading, uh, originally I started writing it from the point of view of a fictional character, but as I finished it and I reread it over and over and over again, I realized there's a lot of similarities between me and the fictional character and the writing that I made. So it, there's bits and pieces of everything in here. I write poems about heartbreak without ever being in love convincing myself that I smell it in the bleach as I scrub the bathroom tiles, or maybe I feel it in the scrapes across my skin as I ravage my skin for dirt, and maybe love feels like too much hand sanitizer when you just feel disgusting, and I am in love, and all my poems about heartbreaks are ones I've experienced all inside my home or on, a, or on my skin or in a bottle, and this is love, and this is heartbreak, and I'm sick of feeling broken for the things I cannot control, things I taste the love in, pre-washed vegetables maybe once or twice or 15 times, soaked in the soap that touched my hands three hours ago, 16, 17, 34 times, and maybe then I'll feel comfortable enough with this love to eat. Unless the table feels wrong, unless the plate isn't smooth enough, unless the silverware isn't silver, so there's no dinner. And the vegetables that had been touched by vinegar 34, 35, 62 times are back in the fridge for another day of washing without consumption. Because I can't live with the idea that this love is everything I think it's not. I can't sigh without thinking about the heartbreak I don't feel for a loss of myself with the whims of my heart, for pursuing a love that runs me dry, for killing what was left of the me who could love. So when a day comes that someone looks at me with something more than disgust, or if there's an idea in the shape of a human somewhere along the line who thinks maybe I'm more than just calloused waterlogged skin dotted with too many cesspools of black, tell me. Because I write about heartbreak, hoping to be in love. Get ready for a bad science joke. Hey, Wildcats. It's Miss Pryor from the Science Department. Just wanted to share some of my favorite electricity jokes with you for Writer's Week. Shocking, right? Here's a few for you. What's the best dish to bring to an electrophysicist barbecue? Ohm's law. What do you call a detective electrician? Sherlock Ohm's. What's an electrician's favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate. And here's one last electricity joke for you. Oh, never mind. It's too revolting. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of Writer's Week. Oh, thank you. 
Hi, this is Dr. Kelly Taylor, Hazelwood School District Teacher of the Year, and I want to share some information with you. The pandemic has impacted us each in unique and personal ways, some harder than others. Each of us has found a way to handle the challenges of safely navigating the new normal, and most of us have managed pretty well. However, if you find that you're struggling to manage the stress or you're feeling overwhelmed with emotion or anxiety, there's a safe place to turn. The Lifeliners organization has people on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week to listen and to help when you feel the struggles are too much to handle alone. If you're feeling alone and sad, if you're feeling anxious or scared, if you're thinking of hurting yourself or hurting others, please call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. More information on Lifeliners can be found on the Writers Week website. And now it's time for Student Spotlight. Hi, I'm Julie Ebert, and I teach 10th grade Honors 2 and English 2 at West. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Sally Jenga. In January, Sally participated in the Vitendo for Africa Momentum Speaker Series. Her role was to discuss what life was like as a young immigrant. I'm going to let Sally introduce herself and tell you about the speaker series. Well, my name is Sally Jenga. I'm a sophomore at Hazelwood West High School, and I do a lot of work in my community with helping immigrants um, manage different things and living and going to school here. I got involved with the speaker series from a mentor of mine. He asked me to speak and I took the opportunity and it's been good since then. So you already told us a little bit about how you got involved. How big of an audience did you speak to or did you reach to? It was about um, 60 to 70 people at the time and it was also recorded so I'm sure people watched it afterwards. And I was just glad to help, even if it was one person, but it was I was happy to see so many people on the forum. If someone were to um, want to go back and watch your interview or your um, participation, would they be able to watch you online? Is there a way that they can see you? I can try and find the video. Um, who else spoke with you during the interview? <clears throat> we had other people. The speaker series was about building momentum within the immigrant community. So we had me representing youths and all the things that we go through. And we had um, women who are entrepreneurs who also spoke about how they've gone to the places they are, they are in. And overall, the speaker series just helped different people in different stages of their life as women and as immigrants um, kind of get insight on how to deal with different issues. So this sounds like a really great experience overall. Would you say it was a good experience? Would you do it again if asked again? <laughs> I would definitely do it again. Um, if someone is interested in getting involved, is there um, a suggested method for getting involved? There is in a website that we have, Nintendo for Africa, because this is what the program was kind of um, representing the speaker series was through Nintendo for Africa. And we do a lot of different events in the community for youth. And there is many opportunities within um, our organization for students of all backgrounds and anybody who wanted to could definitely get involved. Great. We will um, we'll share some information that you share with us, some contact information and email address on our Writers Week 
uh, webpage. Um, is there anything else you want to tell us about the speaker series or about the program? Anything we should know? Um, I would just encourage anybody who would want to volunteer and anybody who needs volunteer hours to get involved because it's really good. It helps build character and it also helps confidence and leadership skills. So if anybody's in interested, please don't hesitate to to get involved with this program. Hey, thank you so much for your time and thank you for um, sharing this information with us. I'm sure there's a few students out there that would like to get involved as well. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Bye. This is Joni Decker, your Hazelwood West High PTSA president. The PTSA's function is mainly to fundraise for scholarships and building programs through Cat Corner and after-school events. The side effect of being a part of the meeting and events is a strong sense of community between the students, parents, and school staff. Please consider joining us at our next meeting on April 6th or May 4th. Ms. Chappelle will email the Zoom link. I challenge you to get active with your PTSA. Have a great day, Wildcats. Well, I am here with Angie Kessler. Angie Kessler is a published author. How are you doing, Ms. Kessler? Great. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. What type of books are the books that you've written? They are all three poetry. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So everything that you've written in those three books are just pieces that you've worked on over time, or have they been things that you have just kind of come up with uh, right around the time of publishing or a mixture of both? Actually, um, I started writing probably, let's say, seventh or eighth grade. Um, it was just a way my dad used to, um, when I'd get in trouble or something, he would send me to my room and write, tell me to write what, um, what I was feeling or what was happening. And it was just a way to kind of have an outlet without running my mouth and getting myself in trouble. And from <laughs> that time on, I just started putting a lot of my feelings when I was upset um, on paper and it slowly just turned into poems. And over the years, I've just continued to hold on to those. And so I just kind of had an idea one day. I was talking to my husband and he was, I said, if anything ever happens to me, make sure that somebody gets my, po my poetry, all these things I've written down over the years. And he said, why don't you try to publish them? That's where it all started. And that's really cool. So you said about seventh or eighth grade was when you really started writing and putting your feelings on paper. Is that when you also realized okay, I, I am a writer. I think I, I do want to be a writer. Or was that more of when you were a little bit older? Did you consider yourself a writer as early as seventh or eighth grade? Honestly, no, I don't think I did until high school. I took a creative writing class. Uh, Mr. Springer was my teacher. And he actually, his daughter just happened to be one of my friends at the time too. From there, I think I just, so I just continued. But honestly, I had no primary goal of getting anything published again in the future. It was just 
journals of my feelings, really. That's really, really neat. I know that you spoke about putting your feelings on paper and getting your emotions out. Where do you get the inspiration for your books or where do you get the information or the ideas for the poems that you've published in your three books? A lot of them are just personal experiences. Most of it comes from, and if you ever do um, sit down and read some of them, a lot of people are like, wow, wow, this is, some of these are kind of negative. A lot of times it's, it's been personal experiences, like things that just didn't go right. Or um, maybe when I was being hard on myself and just feeling like I wasn't good enough, I may write some things down. So a lot of them started out negative um, just to kind of vent without having to tell people how I felt I could put it on paper over the years. Um, some come from watching shows, reading books, just things that I see happen. I've written a couple poems about couples that I see out at restaurants. They might be arguing or they might, you know, happy <laughs> moments, whatever it may be, just things that I see. And then if it's not about me, most of them are about like people in my life. So I've written some poems about my mom and my dad and my brothers and my friends. A lot of it just comes from personal experiences overall. Speaking of uh, the family members that you've mentioned and friends, what does your family think of your writing and the fact that you've published these three books? My family is incredibly supportive. So, you know, my mom and dad were the first ones. Oh, I want to buy this. Oh, I can't wait. They bought hundreds of copies, gave them to all their friends. My parents have always been really supportive of the things I do. So I'm very lucky with that. As far as siblings, I don't know. I think they're kind of indifferent. Um, my <laughs> I have two older brothers and my oldest brother, actually, it kind of, he did say, you know, this has really inspired me. He was in Desert Storm and went to, it was in the Gulf and drove a tank. And wow. he's always wanted to write about that experience in the war and he said he's really motivated now to write a children's book because he doesn't think kids today truly understand what war was like even in the 90s. He's wanting to write a children's book and he's looking for an illustrator. At this time, it's kind of made me realize that the things we do can inspire those around us because he really wants to get that out. He's also a teacher um, in Colorado. So he's like, I could think of so many students that would benefit from children's books like that. It's really wonderful. Um, what is... One thing that you can think of that you maybe have learned, a surprising thing that you've learned while writing your three books. Um, I think just I've learned that, you know, getting your feelings out on paper um, really, really can be therapeutic. I don't think at a young age I realized how important it was. I think more people need to take time to just write their feelings out, even if you ball it up and throw it in the trash or rip it up to make yourself feel better. Just in general, how therapeutic it can be to get feelings out. And also, I mean, it creates an everlasting memory. If it's a great experience writing about it, can you have it there forever? I know that my mom journaled a little bit. And at one point in my life, I ran across a couple of her journals. And it was kind of interesting because, like, I didn't know a lot of the facts about, you know, how she was raised. I think just having those memories and having, you know, some type of documentation of things is kind of cool as well. Miss Kessler, could you take a moment and describe what your writing process is like? Well, it's kind of funny because um, in the beginning, I would say I just jot down notes. I have a notebook that I pretty much take with me everywhere. I actually have two right now in my purse. Um, but in the beginning, when I started writing, it was all in, in notebooks, just writing down ideas, things that I saw that I thought I might want to write about or things that I heard. Um, now, 
even though I still have notebooks in my purse, I tend to open my phone. I'll hear something on the TV or the radio and I just open notes on my phone and start, you know, speaking <laughs> into the phone to make <laughs> notes to write later. So I pretty much just start with writing down ideas. And then when I feel like I'm finally ready to write, because I just can't sit down and write any time of day. Like I, it needs to be quiet. I need to be alone. I just pull that notebook out or open my phone and look at the notes, kind of just write the ideas down. And then it might be later in the day or another day that I actually put it into some type of prose or rhyming, you know, scheme. And then I found it's best to just go back to it maybe a couple weeks later and kind of look at it and see what I think. I edit and revise. Oh my gosh, so much. Oh, you might think of a better word that rhymes or a better, you know, way to phrase something. So there's a lot of revisions. Um, I send them to my friends to read or to my family members to read and see what they think and get feedback from them. Um, and I think that's honestly the most important step is having your writing read by someone else for some feedback because you can get a lot a lot of ideas from other people as well and it just gets to a point where it's like okay I think I'm done I think I'm done with this idea I'm done with this this poem this sounds good type it up completely and click save and it sits till I I get enough poems that I feel like I can compile them into a book the most important thing I would tell students is to just write those ideas down and get feedback when you feel like you're finished get feedback those would be the two key ideas I would want to let people know and start writing at any time like you don't have to be any age some of my best poems were written when I was in high school I honestly believe that wow yeah start now hold on to those memories like keep them in a notebook or somewhere important about the editing portion when you have other people read your work for a second eye or for the editing process does it ever make you nervous to share poems or the pieces that you've created with people that are close to you in your personal life oh absolutely absolutely I mean if you consider that I I mean, I did have a few things in high school published, but it was required. Like it was for a class or that it wasn't something I really thought twice about. But the older I get and when I write about failed relationships and things like that, it's a little embarrassing. I get nervous. I worry that people will judge me. They will be shocked. Sometimes you just there's certain things you don't want to share. I've been lucky enough that I have people close to me that I don't feel would judge me and understand who I am. When I did first send it off to a publishing company, I was a little apprehensive because there are a lot of embarrassing moments in some of those. My parents said when I was sending it off, they're like, they don't know that this is your life. They don't know these are your experiences. They just know it's something you've written. That kind of helps a little bit. The people that do know that these are my experiences, they are people that I don't truly feel that would judge me. And I think Hopefully, you know, as you write, you get more comfortable with sharing your writing with people. I keep that in the back of my mind all the time. The fact that, you know, they're like, they don't know these are your, these are your personal experiences. That makes me feel better and gives me that extra push to go ahead and let other people read it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it is inspiring and so important that you are able to put all of your emotion onto the paper and share that with everyone. And I know, because I have read all three of your books, that when I'm reading a lot of your poems, it really does feel like you're, you're speaking truly to me, like you're speaking about my heart. And it's really, really impressive when an author like you just 
shares so effortlessly their real experiences because it inspires people and it inspires everyone to kind of be fearless in a sense as well. Get your emotions out there. It can be very, very therapeutic. And I just wanted to congratulate you on your three published books and your success with the books. They are truly amazing. I just want to thank you so much for your time today, Miss Kessler. It's been wonderful talking with you. We look forward to reading more of your future work. Thank you. Please make sure to check out the Writers Week website for additional information on the topics and authors in today's presentation. Also, if you would like to financially support this program, please click on the PayPal link and give with your heart. Thank you for tuning in, and that's a wrap for this episode of Writers Week 2021.